Hi freelancer, welcome to today's episode of the Freelance Blueprint, the podcast for all your freelance questions. I'm your host Lizzie, a UX designer, digital nomad and a freelancer myself. And in this podcast, I'm interviewing fellow freelancers from all over the world so you can learn how to improve your business skills and see what freelancing is really like. My guests and I will be talking about the struggles, the successes, and the lessons we learned along the way to help equip you on your own freelance journey. Today, we're joined by Nate, a freelance AI creator and educator. He's been exploring AI tools for work, and he's also teaching people how to use it to their full potential. We met in Chiang Mai about six months ago, and I'm also happy to call him a friend. I'm really excited to talk to him today and find out more about his freelance journey. Hi, Nate. Thanks for joining today. Nice. Thank you for the intro. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. How did you get started? I do a lot of things. I'm very curious by nature, so I touch all different areas and activities. <laughs> and, and just in general, at my core, I would say I'm a creator. I love to make stuff and specifically stories. I love to tell stories because I think they are a form of communication, which is extremely powerful. First of all, I would like to say I was never like formally employed anywhere. More or less, I went to college. I was studying Japanese studies. And then I thought, what am I going to do with this? Like, more like, I started to reflect, what am I going to do? Where is this going if I study this? And I thought, yeah, this is not really something I'm interested in. I don't want to pursue this. So I just started doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started making videos on Instagram. And then I made a Kickstarter. And then I was started video editing and doing some motion graphic animations. And then I did some marketing campaigns and now I am helping people or like teaching people how to use AI in their creative work, mostly so creative professionals, how they can use AI in their work. So yeah, it kind of feels like it's all over the place, um, but I feel like that's also kind of freelance mentality where you are all over the place because you have to manage all of the things. But yeah, I would say at the core, creating and storytelling and education. I like to teach how other people can do the same thing. And you said you've never been in a perm job. Mm. Was there something where you're like, I'm not going to apply? Or did you always know you wanted to do your own thing? It was more like I come from a very small town, like 9,000 people, something like that. And growing up there, I could quickly recognize the pattern people have. They go to their job, eight hours, they go back home. And on the way, they like stop in a bar or something just so they, you know, forget. They have to go again tomorrow. And I was like, this, I cannot do this. Like I immediately saw I cannot do this for the rest of my life. So I was like, yeah, there has to be something different. There have to be something else. So when I was in college, when I was still studying, I already started thinking like, okay, like internet is here and it is absolutely incredible. Like it gives you access to so many people, to so many projects, to just anything you can find literally. So yeah, I just started applying at that point on Upwork it was like I guess nine years ago and I started just like because I was studying Japanese I was like yeah I could start translating stuff I like to do stuff I'm not much of a I'm very empirical in my learning so I don't spend a lot of time doing theory I like to jump in and just see okay how does this work can I do this can I not do this so I just started like translating some Japanese documents and I translated a few mangas and I translated some other documents and manuals and stuff like that and yeah this was also a time when I was like don't bother do this for the rest of my life just like translating stuff and like reading text and stuff like that and it didn't like fulfill me in this period I was also already making like videos for Instagram it was like very specific niche called cardistry which is like creative card shuffling I guess and I got like a lot of traction and I built like a community I built a following I built a brand so then I was like, let's make a Kickstarter. I want my own deck of playing cards. So I did that. 
and that went super well. So I got confirmation. Oh yeah, like I can just make money by myself, by having an idea and doing it. So I do think like freelancing is for me, at least it is kind of like an overlap between being a business owner and an entrepreneur and an employee. You cover all of these three areas at some point, like you are a business owner, you need to do taxes, you need to have a strategy you need to have a plan of how you're going to sustain your life. And you need to be an entrepreneur of like having ideas and selling them to people because basically you're offering your skills to people. They need to be willing to buy it, I guess, at least for, from my experience and the third one was employee because you have to do the work. You have to literally sit down and do the work. But I think like a lot of people don't realize with freelancing that it doesn't matter how good you are with this one skill. You have to market yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to do your finances. You have so many hats. People don't understand that it's it's not enough to just be a good designer or be good at that one skill that you're offering. You have to do everything else. But the thing that I find interesting, how did you find your gigs? Like, I know where you're from, but can you tell the listeners where you're from? You said you're from a small town. Yeah, I'm from Slovenia which is the neighbor of Austria, where you are from. So you are here in Shanghai in Thailand. You are the closest person to like a home environment. I feel like, yeah, from a very small town called Slovengrad, it's, it's like 9,000 people. And I lived there until like high school. Then I moved to the capital, Ljubljana, which has like around 300,000 people. And I lived there during like my college. And I didn't finish it. Like at the end of the second year, I was already like, yeah, I'm out, <laughs> more or less. And I just started doing stuff. When you said you did the translation, because like Japanese and Slovenian, I don't know how common it is. It was like, English. Oh, it was English. Okay, yeah. okay. So how did you find your clients? Did you just start to translate mangas as a hobby or did someone pay you to do that? So well, something that I think is a very nice hack or something that I found out for myself is that I like to offer people something I can do and then I will learn from them. I will take something from them and ideally they will pay me in this process. <laughs> so that has been my approach for a lot of time that um, I look for people that are looking for something that I can offer, that have a skill that I can fulfill their requirements and they have something that I want. And when I started out, I feel like it's the same for everyone. You just like apply everywhere. Like you just reach out to anyone you think would have something for you. And with Japanese in Slovenia, not a lot of people. And that's why I was already like, yeah, digital. <laughs> I'm all in on digital. This is, this is the other side of working in my opinion of like not being in a physical environment. So yeah, I just went to Upwork. I made a profile. I sent a lot of proposals out. I sent a lot of cover letters out. Also at that time, it was for me more important to get something. So the rate I was willing to just go lower. I feel like anything I got was already good. I was like, nice, cool. It's moving somewhere. I get like validation, confirmation that what I'm doing is valuable, that it's working, that people want it. So it was more like a test and trial to see if there's a demand. And if there is a demand, it was more about getting the job initially rather than getting the money for it and then build on that experience. Yeah, yeah, I would say. For me, like, it's all about building skills. You said like being a freelancer, you gotta do a lot. You do a lot. And that's why for me, I think it's very well suited because I'm all over the place with my work as well. And you really develop a um, mentality of like, okay, I have to do this, this, this. You develop a lot of different skills and you have everything kind of under control. You are your own boss, which is both like a curse and a blessing. But when you like learn how to convert the curse into a blessing, it's beautiful. <laughs> so for me, it was like at the start of this year, I got into an employment contract and... Was this your first ever employment? Yeah, more or less. And even this, like the conversation we had with the person was more like, okay, I will offer you these services and you will pay me. It felt like more, okay, this is still a contract of freelance. You know, I'm independently outside. 
But then when he sent the contract, he was like employment. I was like thinking, ah, oh, this is not exactly what we talked about, but okay, I, I, I accept. And I, for like the first week or two, I seriously struggled because I, I have like the habit of, okay, I need to see everything. I need to understand everything that's going on because then I can find the best course of action of how to contribute my skills. So yeah, it was a bit difficult to change my mind. I'm like, okay, I don't have to care about everything. I can just literally do my work. But yeah, it was an experience I'm much more happy having control over everything <laughs> and doing a freelance kind of contract. How do you feel like managing everything? Because like, like for me personally, it can get overwhelming. Like, you know, I'm trying to build an online presence, but it's like this whole marketing Instagram thing is like a job on its own. And it's difficult then to do the actual work, but then also keep track of finances. Like, how do you manage that without getting overwhelmed while still being in control of everything? Oh yeah, overwhelm is 100% a part of it. And kind of feel like, Every freelancer will be overwhelmed, at least at the start, if not later on as well. For me, I think it's a lot about motivation. That will give you task priority. It will give you like, okay, I focus more time on this. I focus more time on that. Also outsourcing. Like when you have this priority list, you're like, okay, I don't want to be expert at accounting. Let's move it out. Even now, sometimes I struggle with of like investing in this because you are investing in yourself. And that can be like, you know, um, a lot of people have like low self-esteem or like doubts and insecurities. It can be difficult to invest in yourself and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to invest like a hundred dollars and, you know, hire someone to do this for me, like uh, a design for me, you know, so I don't have to. Will I return that? Will I make a return on the investment? Yeah, you will. You will. I absolutely will. So, you know, it, it's good to believe in yourself. And, and I do think I developed that from like an early stage where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I don't care. Even when I was like doing the Kickstarter, I did not have support like from the family who would ideally be the one at least to support you, if not other people. It was not like, oh yeah, you should do this. You know, you're going to make it. I was like, yeah, this is what you're doing, something like that. But I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like, I believe this is something I want to do. And I also believe it's going to work. And it did work. Mm -hmm. But also like, if it doesn't work, yeah, it's hard. If it doesn't work, like the failure and rejection is hard, but also you develop new skills. I find it quite remarkable that you come from like this small town and everyone lives the same life and you're like, I don't want this life. I think there are several people that might feel like they don't want this life, but they end up in this treadmill and they just keep going and, in, and they're in this hamster wheel because they don't know anything else. I also met another woman from Romania and she was talking pretty much about the same thing. It's a small town, everyone works for the same company and then they go home and it's every day is the same. Nobody in her environment was a freelancer. Nobody in her environment traveled further than the neighboring countries. And she was like one of the first, so it's, it's quite admiring that there is like, no, I want to do more and like having this excitement. But also the other thing you mentioned, the Kickstarter, for example, like not having that support. And I know we come from, like we're from Europe, so we're quite privileged. We can always fall back that if something doesn't happen, we can move back to the parents. Mm -hmm. Like we have like this pillow. How comfortable are you to talk about finances? Because I know for some people it's a bit like, eh. No, extremely. I like to talk about everything. I think information and knowledge should be yeah. free yeah. for everyone to access as much as possible. I benefited a lot from other people sharing their lives, their experience. And I feel like I would not be where I am if specifically on the internet, if people did not share like their experience openly like what they're doing. So absolutely like anything goes. Cool. Because this is exactly what I want to do with yeah. this podcast, because I had no idea that I could do the exact same thing that I would do on a perm job on a freelance basis and make three, four times that money. Mm. Like when I got my first gig and actually my sister was here last weekend and she was like, it's just so nice to see you thrive like this 
because I told her I just got this new client, but it's a startup, they didn't get funding, so like they pay me a certain amount at the beginning, the rest in like 120 days and blah blah blah. And she was like, you know, even though they just pay you that certain amount at the beginning, it's still like you now make in one week what you used to do in one month. Like mm. ten years ago, nice. like I was in this furniture so store good. where, yeah, like I I earned like one thousand twenty five euros after tax and everything. And I mean, yes, it's ten years ago, so there were like rent yeah. was different, etc. But like, it's mad to think of it, and it's also nice to be reminded where you actually came from and why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I recently talked to another freelancer who's also going to be on this podcast, nice. Sonia. She's also happy to talk about finances. If I talk to freelancers, they're quite open to like, mm. yeah, I can tell you the rate. I don't want to say it officially because maybe with clients it can be a bit weird, but I'm happy to tell other freelancers how much I'm making. And I feel the same because I don't want them to undersell their work, you know? Mm -hmm. So what financial tips do you have for someone who's starting out? Like you mentioned, the investing in yourself part. And I, I highly, highly think people should do that, especially investing in an accountant so you don't oh, have yeah. to like deal with that stuff. So what's the financial recommendations you would have? So... I am not great at finances. A few things made me to break it down. I have never been like strongly motivated by money. For me, it was more of a about enjoyment of creating. I just wanted to make cool stuff. And if I get money that will compensate me for that and just allow me to live, excellent. That's like, I'm good, you know? But I did get like more into money greed, I guess, or just like money um, mentality recently or like the last year since I moved here, basically. Mm -hmm. and. It, coincidentally, also a lot of people have told me that I'm thriving since I'm here. And I feel, yeah, because I'm in an environment that allows, that has room for people like me or for you, for freelancers, for digital nomads, for whoever you are, you know, it is room for you. So you have like the, the air to breathe and also like the community to, you know, chat and push yourself up. And if you are by yourself, it can be very difficult uh, because first of all, you got to do a lot and you don't know how to do any of it. So how are you going to do all of it by yourself? So it can be very difficult. Also, it's a lot of work. I also want to point out that it is a lot of work. Like starting out and building all of this, like even mentally and then strategically, it's a lot of work. But like now, like you said, you are where you like earn per week what you did before in a month. It's well worth it, I feel like. It really pays off. And then you're like in a position where money just doesn't matter. I think it's a lot about freedom as well. That like you achieve so much freedom by being a freelancer, first of all, just the freedom of your time that you decide when you're going to work and when you're not going to work to choose who you're going to work for. Maybe not always, but most of these you have control over and also location and also financial, like you have a lot of freedoms. And I think that's what a lot of people want in their life, just freedom to live however they want. What was the question? I forgot. <laughs> My bad. Financial advice. Yeah. Okay. I would say definitely an accountant. That That is a big one. I did have one in Slovenia. I still have one in Slovenia. It's such a load off uh, your your workload. Like taxes and finances are, for me, not naturally interesting or intuitive. So I don't want to learn. I don't want to, I mean, I like to have understanding of hard works, but I don't want to know how to do it. Uh, I'm not that interested in. And I would say, yeah, when you start off, it's okay to maybe undersell yourself. Like when you really, really start off, when you're like, at zero when you have nothing yet, when you're just like, you know, maybe finishing school or not even finish school, you know, and you're thinking, oh, I want to do something. I think it's better to get something and have like use cases, have references, have the testimonials rather than start pricing yourself high. So I do think like, okay, it's okay to like undersell yourself a bit. Maybe even do like a 
free project or something if you really feel like it will benefit your skills, if it will benefit your portfolio, it will benefit your testimonials, basically. But then I think it starts to recognize your value. Every time I start something new, for example, two years ago, I started doing marketing, content marketing specifically. And I was like, uh, I don't know a lot about this. Um, like, I'm just starting out. Like, how can I do this? And then I just like sat on for a while and I thought back at what I've done so far. And I was like, oh, I actually have done a lot in this direction. Like I have done the whole uh, Kickstarter campaign, which was based on content. Like I produced so much content and specifically video content. So it's like, oh, I already did it back then. I just didn't know what I'm doing. You know, I just like did it out of um, self-interest. So I do think it's good to like sit down, check back on like what you have done and put the third person and say, okay, like they did this, you know, and you will see all that a lot of value. So at that point, I feel like don't move, don't move, like state your value and don't move. <laughs> Just be, be confident and strong in your opinion and your value. I agree, especially like I'm coming from a UX perspective, which mm. is very different to what you're doing. Like not that crazy different, but still quite different. And there's so many boot camps, there's so many, like there's so many people who start to want to get the first gig and they really struggle. And I don't like offering free work because I don't think it's fair. Like you have to be quite privileged to be able to take on free work. Mm. So if you have to like feed a family already, like it's it's tough. But I also understand that a lot of recruiters don't want to hire someone out of a bootcamp because they don't know if they're actually good. Maybe one or two gigs or maybe for low money. But yeah, it should not be more than that because like you're, you're giving away free work. You invest in yourself to learn all of those skills and you should get something for it if you're providing good work. I think it's not about that I worry about the people that do too much free work. It's more that I dislike when companies that could afford to pay someone oh, yeah. don't pay them because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you're just a junior. They're still doing something that you don't have to do. Yeah. I think the only time you should like accept free work is when you see it as an investment in yourself. Yes. So like instead of like saying, oh, I will buy a course for a hundred dollars, you will say, okay, I will do this work for, I don't know, one week or something like that. And you will learn the same skills as, as you would, would if you took a course, for example. Yeah. So only then, like if you see there will be value for you in developing skills and getting knowledge that I would consider like free work. Or even or like a connection and network. If you feel like being around these people will open doors to other people, I think that's also extremely valuable. There was something else you said that I wanted to get into. I also had a lot of thoughts. But I lost my train of thought. Yeah, as did I. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of thoughts in general, all over the place. Like I said, I feel like it takes a special uh, or a specific mindset to do freelancing. You don't just follow, you live. I feel like that is with life in general. Like if you want to live, you got to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you don't do stuff, you're going to die, you know, and it's the same with work. Like if you're just going to repeat the same thing, if you're not going to do stuff, you're going to die. And I saw that like with people in my environment, walking dead, or less in my opinion, or like in my eyes at that point, you know, but like for work as well, it's like you want to live, you got to do stuff. And yeah. I think it's worth it. It's not for everyone. People want that safety. Like I always say safety because it's not really safe. Like yeah. being in a perm job, like you, the, all the layoffs and stuff. I feel like freelancing gives you more safety because like you say, you're in you're control. In control yeah. And you're never going to kick yourself out. And like you say, you're your own boss, but you're also your own employer. You let yourself down if you don't do this task. Which is also a lot of pressure. <laughs> yes. So I think you also develop a lot of, like, personally, you develop a lot when you go through all of these mental exercises. Of, oh, my God, like, it's on me. Like, I'm, I, it's, everything is on me. I can be difficult. But for example, this stability in this, like, employment contract I had for, like, the three months, I have never felt more stressed and out of 
control <laughs> with this experience. And that's why I'm happy that like I quit that because I was like, yeah, this is not like I can't, I do not want to be in a position where somebody else has control or power. There will always be people uh, who will have more power or, or control than me, but I want to have as much control and power and freedom over my life as possible. And freelancing is a lot of that. So giving that up now that I know how it feels like and looks like, it's extremely difficult. I think it's very much a mindset thing as well, which comes back to what you said about investing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, do you feel like, oh, it's worth investing in this, hiring someone to do that, uh, or like booking that course or like booking a mentor and things like that. Like I only booked a business coach three, four months ago. Since then I start a newsletter. I had my first webinar. I'm starting this podcast. And I think it's a lot of a mindset thing because it's like, I would not have thought that I'd be able to do this. And I also feel like I'm overwhelming myself with it. But also my coach is like, no, no, you can do that. It's fine. Like just do small things at a time. And it's not going to be perfect. For example, it's 1 p.m. now. We're Mm. in Chiang Mai. Mm. Neither of us are, yes, my mom is from here. But like other than that, like we could be in any nice tropical country, you know. But it's really nice here. We (laughs) have, yeah, it's super nice here. We have the freedom to be wherever. We Mm. can do this in the middle of the day because we chose a time zone. Like I'm still working with European clients. I think your time is like still is flexible. It's not really tied to a time zone. Yeah, um, I keep a very flexible time. Like this was probably the biggest requirement for me when when I started working with. I want to control my life because waking up is not always easy for me. And I experienced that. I did have student jobs. So like I'd had to wake up at like seven or something like that. And I was like, ah, yeah, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. I was like, I can't do this. And I was like, I need control over my time. So this was a very nice option or more like, yes, uh, this is wonderful. And I love it. Also, uh, something I wanted to say is that we were talking about valuing yourself and investing. I think it goes towards both of these. I think that the sooner you set your value, the sooner you will attract people for, yeah. the, for that price, you know? So if let's say you, you go gradually, you start at zero, you go up to a hundred or something like that, you know, the longer you stay like in the twenties, you know, you're not going to be moving this quickly. So I feel like there needs to be a clear progression just because something is comfortable and is giving you like a good amount of money, for example, let's say you get $25 per hour or whatever. Um, if you're like, oh, that is good. That's already a lot. You know, like I didn't think I would get this much or something like that. You get, you can get more. Yeah. <laughs> you can absolutely get more. You just got to say it. Yeah. So more or less, it's a lot about you set the rules. Yeah. It's not about like, Oh, the employer will tell me how much I'm worth. No, you you decide how much you're worth. And like the sooner you start communicating in that way, the sooner you'll attract people who are in the same environment. So you will start building like an environment and network of people who see the same value as you see. Yeah. And the same is for like investing in yourself. Like before, and I have this difficulty as well. Like I feel like I've made a big, like this month, I did a lot of mental work on this as well. Like investing as much as possible into my business and my just like my work because I've always kind of shied away of like oh, I'm, I don't need it like it's okay I can figure it out later like the sooner that you put money in the sooner you'll see how much it returns and even if it doesn't it's an experiment that's also a thing like you run experiments sometimes sometimes things don't work and that's okay because you know it's not the only thing you have a lot of other options though. I mean it is an investment you don't know if it's going to go up or down it doesn't have to be as extreme as like Bitcoin, but if mm. it's like properties, like they always go up and down, you know, sooner or later, you'll start to get an understanding of what it's worth investing in and also how much you're investing in yourself. 
like before I remember the very first online course I bought was like a 10 euro Udemy course, you know? Did I finish it? Yes, but did I learn much from it? It, it is useful, but it wasn't like mad. And now I spent shitloads. I don't actually want to mention. Oh, okay. I spent like um, two and a half grand yeah. US dollars yeah. in a course yeah. that teaches you how to create your own course. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And I was also like, this is so much money. But also it's like, I can expense it for my business. So I get some tax, like I have to pay less company tax based on that. I still haven't launched a course, but I learned a lot from it. I learned about investing in yourself. I learned about the dip. That's, that's actually, I remember now, that's the thing that I wanted to yeah. uh, talk about before. Like they talk about the dip, which is like this linear curve that things will not go in a straight line. There will yeah. be ups and downs and yeah. there will eventually be something where if you like, I want to give up, this is not for me, this is not going to work out. Many times. That's, yeah, Many that's times. when you're in the dip. And a lot of people give up then because it feels hopeless. They've pitched so many people, they've done this, this, that. But after you endure that and it's going to happen, you will end up in that dip. But if you stick through it, it will massively go up. Mm. So every single time I'm in a phase, I'm like, oh, shit, I had no signups for this. Or like, oh, this didn't happen. It's like, I'm in a dip. It's okay. And like now I'm thinking just this mindset shift alone might have been worth the two and a half grand I invested in that course. I mean, I will eventually still do that course. But if you would have asked me two years ago, would I have spent two and a half grand on the course? I would have been like, what the fuck? Like, is Beyonce teaching that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, oh yeah, my coach as well. She's not the cheapest, but she's worth her money. Who knows where this podcast is going to go? Maybe it's going to be two episodes and that's it. Maybe it's going to be like several series. Who knows? But it's interesting where freelancing is taking you. And I just remember the other thing I wanted to say. What do you mention about like the hourly rate? Oh, maybe you think 25 is a lot. You can always go higher. There is no cap with freelancing. Uh because yes, you can swap your time for money if you do like a certain skill, like for me, for example, the UX design stuff, but you can also have like certain retainers or like offer digital projects, like what you're doing mm. and you invest a little bit, but you keep earning from it. So there is no cap. If you're employed somewhere, there's a certain salary, even if you're the president of the United States, there's only a certain amount of salary that you can get. You will not mm. get a pay increase all the time. Yeah, you're in the system. But here you create a system which exactly. does not have a cap. And yeah, I was thinking about the the dip and like the ups. It's a fact you sometimes you're down, sometimes you're up. And I just like yesterday was a very big up for me. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, such a good day. Uh I was because I invested in myself. All all because I invested in myself. What, what happened? I just bought a subscription to a newsletter platform. So more or less like I automated a lot of things. So more or less like growing a bit. So I automated a lot of things. So it just like sends out mails mm -hmm. automatically to uh, on a trigger. And there is like some promotional programs and more or less like this specifically, I can give this example. The subscription per month is $99, a hundred, let's say that's a hundred dollars, which might be a lot, maybe not. I, I think it's like, depends on the people. Yeah. <laughs> I also think once you start freelancing a hundred dollars, it doesn't sound a lot anymore. Mm. Yeah. So I, I did the hundred dollars and they have like a referral program, which basically allows you to pay for subscribers. You know? Are you trying to sell me that one now? <laughs> Sound like that. <laughs> it's, it's not the way, it's a promotional program basically. So people who are on that platform, but it's a great platform, it's called Beehive. People who are on that platform, they like put their price on and if you promote them and for every subscriber, you get money. The, the price they, they set. So it's basically pay per subscriber, you know, but it's like 
the the subscribers are checked so they are engaging so it's not just like inflating numbers you know because then you would just like yeah. <laughs> create mails and that's it so i did that yesterday and i applied for a few of these promotions and like people accepted and wanted me to promote them and today i made 26 dollars nice. in one day and i invested a hundred dollars so basically in a month i would probably make more than a hundred dollars which would already return the investment so i was like god so good <laughs> so good but more than that it was i got like validation for work which is an excellent feeling with freelancing because you are by yourself and you don't always get like feedback from the environment that's why it's also so important to surround yourself with people so they can give you feedback or coaches like coaches i think are so good yeah first of all because you, it's easy to get overwhelmed and somebody's staying outside and just like taking a deep breath and like putting it in place and saying oh this is like this you know putting everything structuredly easier to kind of see the bigger picture and not get too too deep into the dip i guess you know so it's really valuable to have people around you that can bounce things off you and like give you feedback so i was like I've been doing like my newsletter for um, half a year, maybe a bit more. And tell us about think, the newsletter. Half a year. Because we haven't actually talked my... much about what you actually do. So no, like I said yeah. in the introduction, like you're an AI creator, you educate people on it. Yeah. So what exactly do you do? And uh, tell us about what you're talking about in your newsletter. My main focus is teaching people how to use AI in their creative work. So professional creators, AI is amazing. It's going so fast it's changing how we create how we do things in everyday life and i've been like since last year when it became like more available and viable so it's been like a year now probably maybe it less like 10 months i've just been like learning a new skill basically which is again like freelancing i just learned a new skill and i saw the opportunity of like this is an incredibly valuable skill to have so i have to just start looking for ways to monetize the skill that i have this is what i said at the beginning of like having motivation of what you want to do and prioritizing tasks. So for me in the past, money was never like a high priority. It was like, okay, I have enough, I'm good. You know, I don't need to grow. I don't need to, you know, do a lot of things. That's it. Um, it was more about, I want to do things that are fun and I want to learn new skills. And so I built a lot of different skills. And at the moment I can do a lot of things because of that, you know, and so my approach is now, oh, I have all of these skills now. Now, how do I monetize them? Where does money come into this? Like, can I sell something to someone? Can I sell a skill to someone? Can I sell my time to someone? Ideally, I would not sell my time. <laughs> Ideally, I would sell a digital product now because those are wonderful. So yeah, I just learned a new skill of how to make visuals with AI, how to tell stories with AI. Uh, everything is still more or less on storytelling. So I am growing my platform through a newsletter where I just weekly tell people, I give them a technique, a workflow, just a breakdown of something that is happening in the AI world. How can they make an image? How can they make a video? How can they make an animation? How can they make a voiceover? For example, today I have one scheduled, which is how can you add a voiceover to a video? And it is super simple. You literally ask ChatGPT to give you dialogue, put it into another platform, done. So it's really transforming how we are working. So yeah, this is my main focus of growing the platform where I teach people how to do this. And most of it, I like to do through digital products. So I have like a lot of free ones, some are paid. Um, I have a video course, which I made in December, I think, which is not performing as well. Also because I'm not promoting it a lot. I'm not like putting a lot of attention on it. And I think that is also like back to the experiments. I just like in November, I said, like, okay, this is happening. I'm doing it. And I said like, okay, first digital product was like a PDF and it was like, okay. Then I made like a video, a course and it was like, okay. 
and then I like just followed how it's going, you know, and I saw that the video course is not like giving me the return on the time I spent. It took like quite some time to make it and I didn't get like the same amount back as I did with the digital product. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, focus on that. And this is also something I wanted to say before. So it's nice to like wrap everything wraps up in the end always that follow like these metrics, like where does most of your money come from and invest more into that. Uh, so that's also, I think, makes investing easier. If you know that like, okay, my digital products are at the moment making, I don't know, $200 per month and my video course is making, I don't know, $20 per month. Which one do I want to invest in? I'm going to go with 200. So it will become 400, a thousand, you know, whatever it will become. So yeah. But also it could be that it's like you said, that it's just because you didn't promote it enough. So maybe you mentioned it in your next newsletter or a no budget digital product. I know that the big one that you were working on where there was some Canva issues, technical issues. Oh God, <laughs> I lost everything. A day of work. Uh, did you finish it now? Yeah, I released it last Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday so it's been a week now. And again, this was an experiment. I had some conflicting thoughts because on one hand, I want to grow this organically and naturally just like at my own pace, basically. I want to grow it with my own um, passion and my own excitement. And on the other hand, I wanted to monetize it. And I feel like, no, I, I want to separate this and I will monetize with my own excitement. And that is the approach. So, you know, in the end, yeah, the excitement needs to be there for like something you're doing. And then you're going to be able to monetize however you want it. Um, but yeah, like it was a week now. It was an experiment. I'm happy with the experiment. I got like some sales. I got new people on the newsletter. So overall, yeah, I think it was a very good experiment. And more or less, it gives me even like more direction and confirmation of, okay, there are some people interested in it because we can talk about pricing here because I, we talked about that as well. I was struggling or more like just wasn't able to clearly decide on all the price because because for me, like I said, information and knowledge should be free. And I feel like, yeah, just have it, <laughs> you know. But on the other hand, I spend a lot of time on this. So I also want to do this as much as possible instead of other things. So, you know, I got to get some money in somehow. So I was thinking a lot about, oh yeah, how should I price it? And you're saying, yeah, I just go higher. And I was like, yeah, could go higher. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Which is also great. You see, like having an environment when people tell you, yeah, just go higher. You know, otherwise I'll go like very low. Yeah. In the end, I like decided on like just 12 euros or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, because I broke it down like two times. So instead of like having one big product, I decided on a smaller one and then an even smaller one. So it's literally just like chapters, but I will release like multiple chapters and then like, you know, different, um, one whole package. Yeah. So basically this, uh, product that I have now is for 2d artists. So 2d artists guides to AI supported workflows. Uh, this first chapter is on like concept stage. So how can you make images from nothing to what you have in mind with AI? I think it's incredible. Like I've been doing it for a while. I've had like a few clients where I was just like made them images and I was like, yep. Easy money. <laughs> but it's so interesting because like for me, something like that, if it helps other people make money with AI or like improve their mm. skills, like $12 is like no investment at all. Yeah. If someone really struggles to think, is this worth me putting $12 in to learn from it? Nate, you're not ready to, to invest exactly. it, like you to have your own business because you will like, like for example, the money that now goes in and out of my account, like I have a subcontractor, so mm. I'm paying a full lot of the person's money as well. Mm. So it's like, you can't be stingy about $12. So for me, I'm like, I charge more, charge more, but it's like, what do you think you are worth? And that's why mm. I think the month, the mindset and like the whole like money charging things. It's so interesting because I remember when I talked to my coach and I was like, 
I love talking to people, seeing their potential. Yeah. And they're often like, oh, I would like to do this. It's like, you have everything you need for that. Like Mo, for example. You met Mo. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was, I have met Yeah. Mo. And it's like, it's so, he was like, ah, oh, yeah. The first conversations we had, like, oh, you're freelancing. Like, I was thinking about it, like, but I'm not sure, blah. He had everything you need. And now he, yeah, and now he's so successful as a freelancer. If he would have just started like a month or two earlier, you know, this mindset of like not feeling sure about yourself, but you can do it. You just need someone to push you to do it. I struggled to be like, oh, I want to get paid for that. Like I helped a couple of people to feel confident enough to go do it. Now he's making probably more money than I'm making, you know? It's not like I want money from him because like I'm happy to teach that. But at the same time, like you say, it's like you give people that value, you invest the time. And it's like, I enjoy talking to Mo about like freelancing. Like this is also why I do this podcast. Like I don't need to get paid for this. I really enjoy doing this. And if anyone else gets value out of this, this is great too. But also, yes, eventually I would like to be paid for that. You know, like I would like to get some something back from that investment. And what my coach told me, and my mindset is not completely shifted, but it's moving, Mm -hmm. is like money is an exchange of value. Mm -hmm. So if you give something, it's okay to get something back. I also noticed that's the confidence thing that I have to learn, that it's okay to ask for something in return. Yeah, I I completely agree. And for me, that is also like, has been always a struggle of just like asking for the money. And I've observed you a lot of how you charge and you have like late payment fees. I never considered that. And just yesterday I was thinking, yeah, next contract I, I do late payment yes, absolutely. fee. Because like you stick to your part of uh, if yeah. you have a contract, it's like I provide this service, you pay me that. That's mm. the agreement. You've provided the service, you've stuck to your agreement, now it's their part. And if they don't do it, like what would happen if you wouldn't provide that service? They would not pay you, right? Yeah. So when you provide the service, they should pay you. That's the agreement. That's the exchange for money for value. So, and if it's delayed, you miss out on money because like inflation, this, 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 that. You could earn interest on the money in your bank account. So, yes, definitely charge a late payment fee. Yeah. But it's sure. good that you say that because I have this one client I worked with like two, three years ago. And it's now the client that I'm also um, having that subcontractor on. Yeah. And they're actually working directly with that subcontractor and just every now and then overlooking uh, her work. Um, but they're not paying me. So now I'm paying her from my own pocket first mm. because I don't want her payments to be late. Like, why should she struggle because the client isn't paying on time? So I dig out of my own pocket so, and I've not charged them for the last late paid invoice. They paid it eventually, mm-hmm. but like three weeks late. Mm-hmm. And this one, they're again three weeks late. And no. now I'm going to be like, I did not charge the late payment because of our relationship in the past. But look, now I'm responsible for someone else's. I'm, I'm going to, and it's 2%. It's not the end of the world, you know? How do you enforce it? Well, I'm just going to send a new invoice. Basically, you have chase them. You have to be like, oh, <sighs> the invoice due is, is due tomorrow. Can you confirm that you received the invoice? Is there anything you need from me? And they don't reply, you know, and then it's like this. the invoice is due today. And like there's are there are some emails that and you can probably nowadays use ChatGPT for that, you know. <laughs> the amount of times I spent researching how do you find uh, like find a friendly reminder that's not too friendly. Mm. And, but yeah, I have a few templates now for when someone pays the invoice late. But I only just started charging T, so I don't know how the late payment works with that. So I still need to figure it out. But it's actually good that we talk about this because I need to send them the late payment fee invoice. You should share the templates with your audience. Yeah. 
I think it would be a good digital product. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do <laughs> a that. A free one to start yeah. with. Uh, let's do one dollar. Let's do like one dollar or something. I, I like to do on Gumroad where you just put pay whatever you want. And mm. I do think it's important to have some lead magnets just so like yes, it attracts people, new people. Yeah. Um, but see, that's why the mindset is so interesting because like for you, it seems like it's more worth it to have that lead. For me, it's like I spend so much time Googling this. And if it's just one dollar, and honestly, if you save yourself the time, but also like you can do it on ChatGPT probably. Yeah. So I guess it is the value, yeah. Um, but I, it's also like the value we perceive and the value mm-hmm. they perceive. Yes. So like if they feel like I can do this by myself, I would rather give it for free. You know? Yeah, but then also one dollar, like not, that's less nothing. than a coffee. It's, yeah. Yeah. I agree. If you're not, and I also feel like if you go freelance, I feel like I want to push people to get used to investing in themselves. That's a good and one. And if you well, really yeah. struggle with like, $1. is it worth it to? I'm not saying like oh like spend all your money on like all these small digital products, mm-hmm. but like this one template could save you three hours of browsing. Yeah. And like three hours of your time, how much is that worth? You're not gonna think about that one dollar. Yeah, know? I agree. Investing, like, I completely agree. But I also think you should definitely charge more for your digital products. Thank you, I appreciate that. And I think I will. Um, it's just, for me, it's also a process of changing my mindset of just um, hiring my value and just being, yeah, giving me back something. <laughs> because yeah. I think this goes like, just from like my environment as I grew up of like, I have no problem giving away stuff, but accepting stuff always difficult. And I don't know like why we grow up like this, why like they teach us this way. It's so stupid. I think why would we have difficulties accepting things? I do. Yeah. This already gave me like confirmation of, yes, this is the value of this product. People are already like, this is my audience. So I think it's also good to go for the audience that you want. And with this, I already like, okay, these people will pay for the products. Even if I put the higher one out, they will pay for it as well. So my plan is just to do like three chapters of this, each of them in 12 euros. If you buy them all together, 30 or 29 or something like that. Mm-hmm. That is my plan for this. And I will have like three different packages. Yeah, something like that. That is my long, long, long plan. Mm-hmm. But I do hope in the next months to finish three products. So I will be able to like comfortably release them and publish them. Yeah. Nice. Um, I could talk with you forever, but let's um, try and wrap this up. So thanks so much for joining today. I'm glad you took the time and glad we could do this in person. 100%. But before we end this conversation, there's a few questions I would like to ask Mm -hmm. just to wrap things up. I mean, it's tricky for you because you've never been in a perm job, but would you ever take on a permanent job? No. (laughs) Ah, Do you think every life you would? So... Like I said, this year I had my first encounter with a permanent job, even though I, now like looking back, I feel it was more of a freelance contract that it was a permanent job in the way I was interacting. I set my own hours. I set my own workload. Like literally it felt more like a freelance than anything else. The experience was not great. The only benefit I see from a permanent job is the stability and safety of knowing, okay, each month I get this amount of money in my bank account. That is the only thing I would consider positive. But since that did not happen with my job, because they were a month late, more than a month late, there was literally no benefit of me being like in a contract like that. So I would say this as well, we were talking, if you have contracts, 50% up front, always, always, like no exceptions. Yeah, because I usually do that. And with this, it was like a contract, you get paid this bit of the month. Okay. I did not get paid. <laughs> so I would say 
just maybe that kind of feeling of safety where you don't have to wonder if you're going to have money or cash flow yeah. specifically. But like we said, with freelancing, you can set that, that up for yourself. So I would not be employed. <laughs> if you could go back in time to when you were in Slovenia and you started your Kickstarter or you were just like feeling into this whole freelancing thing, what would you tell yourself? I would write down a list of resources and links and say, hey, read this, watch this, <laughs> learn this. Uh, I think it's a lot about knowledge and inexperience because with the Kickstarter, I had a lot of momentum. I had a lot of community. I had a lot of people going. And if I continued with that direction, but also it was like extremely interesting for me. So naturally, I just did something else. But if I wanted to focus on money and stability, I definitely could have gone for it. Uh, so yeah, more or less, it would just be like knowledge about business, knowledge about finances, knowledge about accounting, knowledge about marketing, I guess, uh, sales. These are just like overall skills necessary to run a business or freelancing. And then you have your own personal skills, which for me are maybe editing, animation, marketing as well, content creation, now AI. And if your future self from, let's say, 10 years in the future mm -hmm. would be able to, maybe, who knows, like AI, you know, maybe there's a way to have that, um, would come here today and tell you something, what do you think they would tell you? I think two things. First would be, you're doing great, believe in yourself, you have value, uh, just the validation, because I need that. <laughs> and it like helps me a lot if like I get validation for what I'm doing. That's why yesterday as well, when also like a big newsletter, like a thousand, a hundred thousand people reposted something I wrote. Wow. So, so I was like, yeah, this, this is valuable. Something I wrote is valuable to someone with a hundred thousand people. So that's why I'm also high because I feel like, yeah, I got validation for my work, which is always amazing. So that I would expect some validation because that's what I give others as well. So I just naturally think I would do it for myself as well. And secondly, again, the knowledge, just uh, an updated library of <laughs> read this, learn this. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank this you. This was so nice. If anyone who was listening would like to know more about you, where can they follow you, read about your stuff, sign up to your newsletter? Yeah. Anywhere online, I use my name, which is N-A-J-C-S-U-S-E-C, -S -E Nate Sushets which is difficult to <laughs> guess from my pronunciation. You can find me on any social media. You can also find me on my website, which is, again, my name, natesushits.art. You find the links there to my digital products, to my newsletter, to my other social media. Basically, if you Google my name, you will find it. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. This was very, yeah. very fun. I loved <laughs> the conversation, as, as always. Likewise, likewise. This was a great conversation with Nate. I'm linking all the links he mentioned in the description of this podcast. Make sure to check out his LinkedIn and sign up to his newsletter. If you like this episode, please leave a review. I only just started this podcast and supposedly leaving reviews will help this being suggested to other freelancers. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode, please also share it with them. I hope you leave a good rating and that's all for me for now. And I can't wait to have you again next week.